Hi guys, welcome to the seventh episode of this unbelievable life. Thank you so much for joining me today. So we're going to talk about anxiety and social anxiety. So if you listened to my last episode, you know that I am completely an introvert. And despite having, you know, being outgoing for so many aspects of my jobs the last few years. What I don't talk about much, though, is that sometimes I have this crippling social anxiety that has tripped me up on more than one occasion. There's a lot that goes on behind my smile, but I can completely remember being in high school and being the person who left parties early, essentially when I felt like it. Apparently, I was so much that person that I remember being voted in some senior poll, something along the lines, the person most likely to leave party early. Personally, I don't feel like that's a bad thing. Um, in high school, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. And as an adult, keeping my appearances brief to events gives me more time for my family and myself. So I really can't complain. I think over the years, though, the severity of this has ebbed and flowed. Some events in years, you know, I am pretty confident going in the door and being present at an event. However, I can share that I did have a very unagreeable experience uh, with one of the nonprofits I used to volunteer for. And I think that did traumatize me a little bit going out in public to the degree that I'm at now. Um, but now isn't the time or the place to tell that story. And, but I can tell you that that incident deeply impacted my self-confidence. Um, it made me question myself in a group setting. And it has made me question trusting people. Um, so it essentially fueled the fire for my high anxiety and, and I'm not going to shy away from that fact. Um, so fast forward to the last few years, um, I am a realtor. I'm a very successful realtor, but I take great care in deciding my social settings, um, that I am comfortable in. Um, I do work to set myself up for success. Uh, if and when I make public appearances, I do really, really well in one-on-one settings. I do really, really well in small social settings. Um, and if I'm going to backtrack a few years, um, I'm, I'm not a social butterfly at parties and events. I am the person in the back content to make every event a success. Uh, this is what makes me an outstanding event planner. Um, I don't need the limelight that some people do. Over the years, I've looked at other people and said, man, I wish I could do that. Um, I wish I could be out there being the center of attention um, and be the one, you know, doing the talking, making that look easy. But what you don't see or know, though, is whether or not the person that you're comparing yourself to, um, maybe just as shy as you. Um, he or she might be overly pushing him or herself uh, to be in that room. Uh, so always treat yourself with the grace, um, you know, treat yourself with grace because you don't know what's going on behind that smile, behind that laugh, behind those words. So first I'll share my Christmas party story as an example. A few years ago, I was running late to our company Christmas party because I had to drive all the way to a neighboring town to have something physically signed versus electronically. Then I had to deliver me some socks to a basketball game for cheerleading. And even though I was running behind, it didn't bother me. Um, I knew they were doing a receiving line at the door of the Christmas party. And I'll tell you what, I'll be damned if I was going to arrive early for that. Uh, nobody wants to, you know, shake hands and go to a receiving line. I'm sorry, that's totally not me. Uh, so I finally got there and I started texting my work bestie. No answer. So I hid in the bathroom. Uh, text, 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 text. Where are you? Come to find out she was running late too. So our plans of getting a table early 
uh, or her getting the table early, me just walking in to go slide right into that table went right out the window. Um, you know, so that was fine. But by the time I got a hold of her, uh, she was already seated and I couldn't just like slide in there like I had planned. So do I dare go in the room? I started to peek around the room and busted. Uh, my boss caught sight of me and waved me in. So insert a few choice words, because I can tell you right now, that was the last straw for me. Um, yeah, if I didn't hear from her, I was about ready to bolt, but I couldn't because my boss saw me um, because, you know, I'd been spotted. Um, so at that point, um, I will just tell you guys, this was the infamous Christmas party where I learned that keto and alcohol do not mix. Um, and that's a whole nother story, but I will share that, um, the wine drinking started immediately, uh, due to my nervousness. Um, and for me, it was just a matter of, do I leave early or do I keep wine drinking to calm my nerves? Um, since I rarely drink in public, um, you know, generally, uh, the former is the option that I chose with zero regrets and the wine drinking started. Um, I do highly recommend at least trying to make an appearance to things. Um, but, you know, and do try to stick it out as long as you can. Um, and I do recommend trying to make yourself as present as possible to prove that you're capable of doing it. But I don't recommend alcohol if you are a lightweight. That was a hard lesson learned on my part. And like I said, that is a whole nother story for a whole nother day. And you guys will laugh your asses off. I promise. And I do promise I will tell that story, but it's kind of a long one. And it's all about picking your wingmen wisely. Um, so anyway, the next topic I want to dive into when it comes to anxiety. Um, I read a great article on Yahoo Life. Um, it was a username, Pure Wow. Um, it was about things people with anxiety want you to know about having anxiety. Um, anxiety looks different from person to person. Um, what makes me anxious will be totally different from the next person. Um, and same with how you treat it and so on. Um, next, we can't just not be anxious. Um, it's not a light switch. You can't just shut it off. Um and then there's a difference between feeling anxious and having anxiety. According to the Mayo Clinic, experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes instead of feelings of intense anxiety and fear of terror that reach a peak within minutes. And this is what a panic attack is. Four, just because you can't see someone's anxiety doesn't mean it's not there. A person can be high functioning with the anxiety as an internal trait that they are struggling with that they don't want you to see. Five, random things can trigger anxiety, but sometimes it can come on completely out of the blue. Six, you pointing out someone's anxiety can only make it worse. The one particular, this one in particular strikes home with me. I had a meeting with somebody very, very important to me, and I was treating this person to lunch, asking to bounce some ideas off of this person. And somehow in the conversation, I shared 
about my anxiety, thinking that I was in a safe conversation with a trusted person. And it came back on me. Did I think I should go on medication? For me, that answer is no. I never have, and I don't plan to, you know. I have tricks that I follow to get myself over the hurdles. But that conversation, which I will share had other stressing components, left me feeling guilty, more anxious, and just sad. Um, so again, if somebody trusts you enough to have a conversation about it, or you notice something, it, you really don't need to point it out. Chances are, we probably already know. Um, please respond if somebody reaches out for help. The author um, of this, this particular article writes, um, as we've established, anxiety looks different in every person. Some of us, as I sheepishly raise my hand, deal with anxiety by isolating ourselves from the world and our loved ones. However, if someone is self-aware and brave enough to say, I need help, please don't turn your back on that person, even if you can't get them help right away. Acknowledge that you are there, available, or will be. Lastly, the author's last tip, ironically, was whatever you do, don't ask if we've tried medication. Again, when I opened up about my anxiety, I literally had this asked. For me, it's a personal choice not to, but I know for many others, it is what helps put their life in balance. But regardless of the medication status of a person, if they are comfortable enough around you to have the conversation, good, bad, or ugly, personally, this is a question I would shy away from. Personally, for me, what does it look like? It's been a while since I've had a full-on panic attack, but I more frequently call, I have what I call anxiety loops. I can literally feel frozen at my desk or computer because I, for example, will go ask someone a question but will that question make me look dumb should i go find the answer myself um is that sufficient in this situation do i really need that superior's input on it it's a veritable rabbit hole of thoughts for me that i just spin myself into so in order to break those thoughts i can either try getting up from my desk or simply walking away from my computer to snap out of it. Um, I, I just have to get out of that thought pattern. Or if I have to take a leap of faith by going down and asking that person that question, um, you know, I have to realize it's not going to kill me. So for me, I have to be careful because I can actually, you know, get up from my desk and then get stuck in a stairwell for long chunks of time, um, going up and down. And I have to internally, you know, battle going up and down the stairs and get stuck on the loop on the stairs. But it's just a matter of pushing through that stress, pushing through that anxiety. Um, I'm human and I, I have to become accustomed to asking for help. Uh, asking for help is okay. Um, you know, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. And, and I have to realize that I don't look stupid when it comes to asking for assistance or asking for help. Everybody needs help and that's okay. Um, unless you have an awful manager or a friend or person in your life, in all likelihood, the person you're trying to get help from has zero idea that you're struggling and they have no idea that, that you even think you're going to look dumb in their mind. 
So like me, you're probably pretty good at hiding all these things. You know, I always use the phrase, give, give yourself some grace because there's no reason to be beating yourself up over asking someone a question or asking for help on a project, a task or any other matter. That was actually what triggered my very first panic attack four years ago. Um, I tried asking for help. The person I wanted to talk to was busy after a meeting. So I scheduled the time. I showed up at the appointed time and that person was still in a meeting with another colleague. So I waited one minute, two minutes, three minutes past the time we were supposed to meet. By the five minute mark, I went full panic attack. Um, so I bailed on the whole meeting and I got the hell out of there. Most people don't know that I almost drowned as a child. And I can liken that particular panic attack to a wave of characteristics very similar to almost drowning. my inability to breathe being the major feature. So I hopped into my truck and I literally had to drive a few miles away to a store parking lot to get myself under control. Now, thankfully, I don't get them that often, but here are some tricks that I've learned if you experience one. Don't be afraid to call someone for help. You may not even want to admit what's going on, but ring someone up on the phone just to talk to them. Hopefully the conversation will slow you down. I've been on both ends of a panic attack. Um, so, you know, I've been, I've had them and I've gotten calls from people that have been having them. So I know from experience that just talking to someone can help calm you down. Relaxation techniques can help prevent hyperventilation. It can slow down a racing heart and it can interrupt the body's natural panic attack response in extreme stress. This can include different breathing techniques. Um, look up and practice the right ones for you so that you're ready in case another panic attack comes on. Jolt your senses to stop the loop that's going on in your brain. Pinch your hand. This could be, you know, you could splash water on your face, smell a strong smell like peppermint or hold an ice cube, anything to interrupt the automatic response that your body is forcing you to go through unwillingly. And I stress unwillingly. You are not choosing to go through this. So try any one of those tricks because it will stop the automatic response that you are going through. Or Silently look around the room and start naming things in the room to yourself. Again, that's just a nuts. If you can't, if you can't find an ice cube because of where you're at, just start naming things around the room in your head. Again, it's another just quiet, calming thing that will take your mind off of, of what it's doing. Very well health says that after a panic attack, then to um they say after a panic attack is over, it can be helpful to practice self-care, doing some light exercise or stretching, taking a relaxing bath, or listening to soothing music can help bring the body and mind back to a calmer state. It can help to keep a journal for tracking panic attacks. 
after a panic attack has passed, try writing down everything that led up to it, including any potential triggers. Keep track of as many details as possible, including any thoughts or feelings that came up before and during the panic attack. Over time, a journal will help you identify trends that can allow you to prepare for the next one. Then go on to say, remember, panic attacks are not your fault. They can feel like lonely experiences, but they are very common. Most people recover from panic attacks without requiring treatments, and very few people develop a panic disorder after having a panic attack. Either way, it's key to remember that both anxiety and panic attacks are very common. I cannot stress that enough. They're very common. And the difference is that anxiety is ongoing, whereas a panic attack is sudden onset. Whether you suffer from one or both, just know that working through them make, takes time and you are not alone. If you have questions or would like to share your story, hit me up and I'd like to talk more about your experience. With that said, thank you guys for listening. On the next episode of This Unbelievable Life, we'll be talking about migraines. You don't want to miss the hilarity that is my ice therapy. Until then, my blessings to you for a productive and fabulous week. Make it extraordinary. Make it unbelievable.